What's up, everybody? Welcome to the House of Mario, the South Australian Nintendo podcast, backed by a 120 power star rating. I'm your host, Drew Agnew, and the doors to the House of Mario episode uh, 131 are open. Joining me this week is Dash of dashgamer.com. How are we going, man? Hey, Drew. What's going on? I am so happy to be back. Yes, it's been been a while. Yeah, it has been a while, actually. How long has it been? It's, it's actually August 2018. There you go. Oh, you've looked it up. <laughs> I did. I actually looked up the episode number the other day when we all had the, the big group on last time. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a while. Oh, that, was, that was actually longer. I, I thought it was like... um, I was thinking like September, but yeah. Yeah. Wow, August twenty eighteen. Yeah, and I, in the intro, I said uh, way too many the House of Mario's. I said the House of Mario an extra time. So <laughs> sorry for wasting an extra five seconds of uh, everyone's time. That's <laughs> all right. So Dash, before we jump into it, um, you know how you, how you been? You've been playing many games. You've been enjoying enjoying a uh, life. Yeah, uh, yeah, enjoying life at the moment. It's been all right. Um, you know, uh, dealt with a few things at the back end of twenty nineteen, but I'm, I'm coming out a little bit stronger, which is great. Um, Playing games, um, I think like we're in a bit of a dry spell at the moment. But I've been playing a bit of Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, which I'm going to be reviewing for the website this week. Uh, but yeah, other than that, not many games right now, man. No, not many games. Yeah, I've just been like playing some, trying to get through my backlog a little bit. I've been playing Yoshi's Crafted World. I never actually oh, yeah. finished that last year. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, mainly because with a lot of these Yoshi games. Like, I think it was the DS version. I finished that, like, six years after it came out. So I usually just get halfway through it and just lose interest. Yeah. Um, and because usually they're a bit they're a bit longer than... They stay around a bit longer than I'm actually enjoying them. I'm like, oh, yeah, I've, I've had enough, and I put it down and move on to the next thing. But mm-hmm. in this dry spell, I'm like, all right, I've got to get through that and a, th- a few other games I didn't finish last year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's... Uh, I'm enjoying just like listening to podcasts or watching YouTube or Fantastic. being in Twitch and just uh, collecting everything. I really like just the exploration and how it's uh, things are in the foreground and the background and everything. Yeah, you were telling me the other day how you've gotten into a bit of a Twitch fix at the moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, mainly because of uh, just Pokemon coming out. I've oh, been right. Really enjoying, <laughs> been really enjoying uh, watching people, uh, you know, play Pokemon and stuff. And it's actually. <clears throat> This is what I found, actually. It's a real good goldmine for people hosting and uh, raid shinies. Yeah. Sh- shiny Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. I went I went in there the other day and I just went to some random uh, girl's uh, Twitch stream and someone in the chat was hosting a shiny Milotic. Oh, yeah. And they were putting the code in the chat and I'm like, awesome. So I ended up catching seven of them. Oh, really? Yeah, so like super, super rare Pokemon just getting just catching seven of them because they just keep on hosting it. And when you catch them, they'll turn off their game. They'll re-host it. Nice. And so I went and got uh, seven of them. Then I went and went to another stream, and someone was hosting a shiny Lapras. Oh, when geez, I got a, yeah. When I got one of them, I had to use my Master Ball on it because they were going off in fifteen minutes, and that was my second attempt at it. Fantastic. I'm like, all right, I've just got to get it because uh, Lapras is one of my favorite Pokemon. Nice. And then it was three o'clock in the morning. By the time that happened, I went went to bed for like fifteen minutes. I'm like, oh. See if there's anything else on Twitch. And someone was hosting it, another shiny, and they're making it really hard to get in because they give you the first three numbers of the code, oh, yeah. and you've got to guess the last one. Yeah, and it, there's like thirty people in chat, so it's like really hard to sort of guess in time to get in. Oh, yeah. So I got in, tw- I got in twice, and I just couldn't get it. But oh, fair yeah, enough. So that's how I've been using my time. And um, no, that's all right. Ash, have you been playing Smash Bros? 
any of the new the new character Byleth? Uh, no. <laughs> I, I like, honestly, I've kind of fallen off the Smash Brothers wagon because um, I I wasn't really I wasn't really happy with that DLC announcement. To be honest, I was mm. one of the people that were kind of like a Fire Emblem character. Are you serious here? Um, and, and a direct for a Fire Emblem character. He was kind of serious here. We kind of expected something big to go off on this this one, especially. Uh, for it to be like essentially part of that last pack that they announced um, until they said, hey, we got six more coming. And it's like, oh boy. Um, for me, uh, in terms of Nintendo stuff right now, actually, I'm kind of... Uh, I want to dive into Tokyo Sessions again. Mm. Um, it's been It's been a while since I've actually played it. I remember when I played it on the Wii U. I really enjoyed it. It was one of my favorite games on Wii U. Um, so I definitely, definitely am excited to jump, uh, into Tokyo Mirage on the Switch. Um, so that's definitely going to be interesting, but it's funny that you mentioned Pokemon. I just, uh, it's funny cause I just started, uh, basically my, I, I had the opportunity to play it, uh, back when it first launched, uh, but I never got around to it because there was so many things out at the same time that we really yeah. got like blasted with so many things like Death Stranding came out at the same time and just so many games that were coming out I never really got around to Pokemon so um, I just started Pokemon uh, last week actually so there you go so where where are you up to? I've just started literally just started oh, right yeah 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 so it, it's honestly I'm kind of just getting into it at the moment yeah hmm. are you like after sort of all the I guess the the post launch and everything's died down. Are you uh, sort of keen to get into it, or are you just like, oh yeah, I'll check it out, see how it goes? What's your sort of history with past Pokemon games? Oh look, man, I used to love um, Pokemon Game Boy, uh, the originals. Uh, Game Boy Advance is where I kind of started to teeter off a little bit. Um, the the uh, Pokemon Yellow obviously is my favorite, like everybody else's, <laughs> on the original. <laughs> yeah. Um, but after the Game Boy Advance ones with like all the emeralds and all that stuff, I just really was like, nah, I just, I just can't. And when Black and White came out on DS, I kind of tried to, and I was just like, no, nah, I'm, I'm out and done. I'm tapping out here. And um, I know there was a craze when X and Y came out. That was huge. It was huge. But I just, I just could never really get my head back around uh, how Pokemon was. But I'm hoping that. Um, with the Switch releases, with uh, Sword and Shield and gone, um, <laughs> it might we might uh, like it might kind of uh, rejuvenate or reinvigorate that that Pokemon spirit that I had uh, back on the Game Boy. So we'll see. Yeah, um, being able to play it on the TV might get you excited. I hope so. Those, those big creatures, rather than just a small screen, or yeah, man, yeah, I definitely hope so. Look, other than that, um, Super Mario Maker Two is just kind of taking up my time. I can't get off, I get, can't get off that game, honestly. Oh, sweet, yeah, yeah. Do you like um, just playing other people's levels or yeah. making your own? Yeah, both, both. Yeah. Uh, oh, right. I'm a, I'm huge into watching also Super Mario Maker Two on YouTube. Um, I can't. I it, it's like one of those uh, scenes in a car crash. You can't stop looking at it because it's <laughs> yeah. so hilarious to see some people like i can't figure this out and you're like it's right there it's right there so it's it's like one of those it's like watching a person try to figure out a puzzle it's fantastic and and when i played them as well some of the levels are so good some of the designs are amazing i played uh, so the good thing about the super mario maker 2 reddit 
is that you jump on there and people have designed almost full games. Um, All right, yeah. So, you know, you just put in, punch in the code and you play it. But if you, even if you punch in their user code and go to their page, they've designed like their own Super Mario games and I've played like so many of them and they're all fantastic and well done, yeah. That's, that's really cool because like that was a feature I was sort of hoping for. Mm. Um, you know, that you could like just like share worlds instead of just levels by himself yeah but if, if there's a way to sort of get around that just by going to the the profile and going through level by level that's cool too yeah of course yeah yeah with super mario maker 2 i sort of just played through the the initial story mode and you know that wasn't very long that was maybe three four hours it doesn't take very long to get through that yeah and i've uh, basically haven't done much else i don't think i've even made a level yet because i just want to play other people's levels yeah um there's some there's some cool ones where it's kind of like a Zelda dungeon. You got to go and get the key and all of that. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, yeah. Mainly in the Mario World sort of template, but I haven't gone back there since the uh, Link was introduced in the DLC late last year. Oh right, yeah. Um, have you played that at all? I or? did play. Like I played a bit of that actually. Some fantastic design in terms of the Link levels as well, especially uh, you know with Link's uh, unique abilities that they introduced into Super Mario Maker Two, like uh, you know the. the arrow and throwing the bombs and all that kind of stuff um and some of the puzzles that you can use obviously there are some limitations to it uh but the way that some of these designers have uh really gone around it have bl- has blown my mind um mm. and they've done a really fantastic job the, the one thing i really wish we got though was a zelda maker a proper zelda maker uh, out of uh, link's awakening when they introduced it on on link's awakening yeah. Which, by the way, Link's Awakening, fucking awesome, dude. So good. Love that game. Love that game. Yeah, that's that's a the remake is another one I've got to get back to this year. Just yeah. Because I, um, I, I I said this uh, last week or so, I think. But Link's Awakening, I was sort of saving it for this time of year because the last couple of years I've gone back and played previous Zelda games or even Blossom Tales, uh, 2017 or so. Mm. Um, like this time of the year. Yeah. Um, it's just like a real fun game to sort of lay back on the couch when it's like this nice weather here in Australia and yeah. enjoy so yeah I reckon that's going to be after sort of Crafter World I'm going to dig into that and make sure that I get that finished because it's only a, a shorter game it's only like 13 hours or so or, oh nice and if I get stuck I'll get a guide out and Very cool. cheat yeah why not <laughs> why not yeah that's what they're there for yeah 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 so um this week on the show, we're going to be talking uh, a little bit about Nintendo's financial results. Oh, yep. All of the exciting numbers, Dash, there are some big numbers. Oh, yep, big numbers. Um, the millions and the billions, in the in the yens and the dollars. If you know me, I'm a numbers guy. You are a numbers guy. Yep. And uh, after that, I want to talk to Dash about his uh, sort of creative endeavors with his podcast and his website and his writing and everything he does. That's but first, Dash, mm. let's uh, let's get in some, into some news. Oh, so, yes. There's a little bit of uh, PAX news. So PAX Australia has been announced for the 9th and the 11th of October. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit earlier this year, which is uh, interesting. It seems to be getting earlier and earlier every year. I don't know if it was... I think it was the end of October last No, no, it was, it was, it was the beginning of October last year. Uh, they was moved it, it uh, because they don't want uh, PAX to clash now with the Melbourne Cup. So, yeah. Yeah, which makes sense because uh, the years were there when everyone's in the city centre sort of getting ready for Melbourne Cup and accommodation. It was a bloody nightmare. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you reckon you'll go this year, Dash? That is the big <laughs> question everyone uh, 
tuning in is uh, listening to here. I uh, I got asked that question actually only last week by Betson. Actually, you guys say, hey, you know, uh, now that Buddy's kind of kind of uh, gone on hiatus, you might have to represent the website this year. I'm like, oh crap. Not true. Yeah. I'm like, I didn't think of that at all. And plus. You know what entices me even further is the fact that there's a good chance that we might get the PS5 and the Xbox Series X there. Yeah. Um, and I'll basically put it this way. I am making an abundance of an effort to be there this year. So there is a really good chance that I will be there this year. So there you go. Now, oh, sweet. Yeah. Yeah, cool. I was about to say, like, if you said, like, oh, you know, I'll probably pass it up this year again. Um <laughs> <laughs> what a what a bu- there's a there's another group I follow, um, PSVG, and what they're doing for E3 is they're getting like an Airbnb and they're coming from across the country to sort of get together to record podcasts and that with one another. Yeah, and I I thought to myself like that would be such a great idea to do like with their now like friend group or community here in Australia. Yes, yeah. like because we all catch up at PAX, but there's so much hustle and bustle. Whether it's like you know so many people to catch up with, so many people to um, you know, record podcasts with them, like whatever we've got to do. Like there's always so much to do in just a little weekend, but it'd be so cool if we could do like a similar thing, whether it's like a quieter time of year, maybe in, yeah. I don't know, May, June, whatever it is. Yeah. I don't know. It's just an idea. I haven't actually put it out there, but it wouldn't be bad. Um, bring it up now in the podcast. I'm like, yeah, that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. I don't know. If it, would that be something you would be interested in? Yeah, definitely. I, I, like, obviously we've got some assembly required, which is what we all do together. And, um, last year at PAX, uh, we had planned to try and get get one done. Um, obviously, I, I, in the planning phase of actually trying to get an episode of some of the required out at PAX, I made it clear that you know everybody's got their own respective outlets, so I'd rather everybody kind of do what they have to do first, um, and yeah. then we'll get to some assembly required when we can. Um, with the, with PAX's hustle and bustle, and you know also everybody kind of going their separate ways, usually after the show's done for the day, it kind of made that difficult. Um, with PAX this year though, like, I feel that it might be a little different. Um, there's going to be a lot of attention focused obviously on, um, getting as much content as you can out of PAX this year because it's going to be an important one, um, with, with the potential, with the high potential of next gen consoles actually being present, um, they better be like. Well, that's a, seriously. That's the thing. Like <laughs> everybody's kind of saying it, and I've kind of been a bit of a pessimist towards it. I haven't been mm. too optimistic towards the fact that we might actually have physical versions of the console at the show. Because fair enough that we might have had that with last gen, but there's no guarantee that we'll get that this gen. Um, mm. We we've had that opportunity in, even further back before we had PAX in Australia when we had the Entertainment Gaming Expo, uh, which this is the PAX before PAX basically when they used to have uh, the exhibition center used to host a, a gaming exhibition uh, called the EGE basically um, in Melbourne years ago. Like this is almost like 10, 12 years ago now. Um, yeah. We had the Nintendo Wii there uh, before it came oh, wow. out, which was yep. incredible. But that was also around about the same time as well because it was like only about a month out from release. Um, so it'll be kind of the same with the... Well, fingers crossed. It'll be the same with uh, these next-gen consoles as well. In early October, we'll have probably about a, a two-month gap before we actually have these consoles in our hands. Um, actually, sorry, I should say about a month because it'll be a November, late November release. But... 
yeah, it, it'll be interesting. I think everybody will be keen to get as much content out of packs this year as they can and to try and, I'd say, socialize with other uh, outlets as well and talk with them. I think everybody's going to be up for that opportunity. So it'll yeah. definitely be different, yeah. Yeah, I was wondering, like, just with the, the next generation consoles from Microsoft and Sony, I guess uh, October it wouldn't be too early for that type of thing, early October. You mean for it, a like, release? Uh, yeah, assuming that release is uh, towards the end of November, mm. I, I, I'm guessing it'll be a November. Like from da- from even just kind of looking at a calendar date, I'm, I'm my guess is probably going to be like a maybe a November 28th for Australia, November 21st for the US. So, uh, oh sorry, a November 20th I should say, and a 27th for Australia. Um, It'll probably be around about there. I'm guessing like a Friday release, pretty much like what they did with last gen as well. So, hmm. yeah, it's going to be an interesting year for us from a Nintendo point of view because you're like there's going to be like so much uh, build up and hype for these other machines. It's going to be interesting what Nintendo comes out with because uh, we already know that they're in their financial result. They said that there won't be any a new model this year um, unless they're lying to their investors. When so was- I'll just. Uh, did they uh, say anything about like a release date last year for Zelda? Uh, no, no, they didn't. I don't believe. So, hmm. so yeah, they're gonna have to uh, basically stay relevant with their their software, and we'll see what they've got. Like, there's gonna be yeah. probably we know that there's like Paper Mario and stuff rumored. Yeah, so that would be like stuff to come out, but. They need something like a Mario or a Zelda or something. There are, to there, hit it. There's three guesses I have. Uh, Paper, Paper Mario would be one. Uh, Mario Kart 9 uh, would be the other. Or Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2. Hmm. Those are the three guesses I probably have for what they need to compete. They, they do, you're right. You're 100% correct. They need something to compete with these next-gen consoles. Yeah. And like a lot of the talk before has been like, oh, they need a new model of the Switch, more powerful to stand up to these other machines or whatever it may be. But I think every time uh, Sony or Microsoft do, like, do something, whether it's like leading up to a new model or a new console, everyone seems to forget that Nintendo doesn't really give a shit yeah. <laughs> about what, what they do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like every single time, and somewhat even myself, like, so, so, like sometimes forget like, oh, you know, they're going to need a more powerful machine to be like put amongst it but just the success they're having with the switch and sort of uh, the market they're going for the type of games they make they really don't need anything else for this year mm. maybe in 2021 they'll be like all right something with a bit more ram will be beneficial to people developing for it but mm. yeah really it's not that necessary this year with the switch light already out there pretty much yeah i 100 percent agree with you uh, the, the rumors of a, 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 a switch pro have kind of been swirling for a long time now but and and I don't think like Nintendo have kind of not denied it, and there's even like a, a, a trademark that's out there that could prove that there might be one in the works. Nintendo have turned around and said, obviously, there's not going to be a new model this year, um, mm. which we could be looking at like a March release next year, if that's the case, if rumors are true. But um, I don't know. I don't even know if they need it. Honestly, it's it's the Switch is doing so well as it is. Um, she surprised me. I'll be honest with you. I am absolutely 100% shocked. I was sitting uh, in the doctor's the other day and I saw a kid w- with a turquoise. Yes, he was holding a turquoise one. Wrong <laughs> color, kid. But uh, he was holding a Nintendo Switch Lite playing, um, I think he was playing Pokemon. And I was like, 
man, it, that right there proves that Nintendo right now are dominating what they're doing and they don't even need to even consider uh, upgrading what they have. It's all perfect right now. Yeah, like with the light, you know, they are back in the traditional handheld space. Yeah, correct. Yeah, man. And it's easy to forget that, like they, you know, they've they've got their 3ds back. There wasn't like a huge announcement for a brand new handheld or anything, but mm-hmm. with the light, they are catering towards the kids and the families for doubles and the uh, the big nerds like me who go and buy another one. But you got? Have you, did you get the Pokemon one as well? Yeah, I did. You nerd! I knew <laughs> I knew this was going to happen, and I called it. I even said, Drew, you're going to end up with a Switch Lite, the original model, and the Pokemon one. You're like, no, no. <laughs> it's funny because like my initial thing was like oh it's too expensive for what it is and i i still stand by that <laughs> it's uh, probably 30 dollars too much yeah um I, it would be really nice to see it like just 299 australian even yeah yeah i haven't actually like, seen it any like the, the the since it's been out i've seen it pretty much firm at 299 for a while yeah, they sent like I got a I got my um yellow one from Pax EB Games because oh, no. they had it like they had it for a, they had it for a Pax special like thirty bucks off. Okay, and and I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll do that because I um I really like just playing the Switch in handheld mode, and um that was the first time I actually got to play it at Nintendo's booth there. I'm like, I really like this thing. It looks really nice. It feels nice. I love the yellow. The yellow pops so well. Mm. They've got it for a shop about hundred meters away for thirty bucks off. I'm like, I want a new toy to play with at PAX. <laughs> but there's a lot of variables just coming together. I'm like, all right, let's buy it. Yeah. And I already had the Pokemon one pre-ordered because I'm a big nerd, big Pokemon nerd. The hype for Sword and Shield was like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll pre-order this. And like at PAX, the way I justified it was, yeah, yeah, I'll just cancel the Pokemon one. It'll be fine. Then like a couple a week on, I'm like, I still got that pre-order. Would be nice to get it still. Yeah. Oh, well, I'll get it. Because there's been like other like limited edition like 3ds's yeah in the past where I'm like oh that would be nice but nah I won't get it because money and yeah. why but uh it, the bug finally bit me and here we are no that's I've okay I can respect I can respect um, that's good as somebody who also owns three <laughs> Nintendo Switches I can respect <laughs> so what models do you have do you have two originals or two lights or yeah two originals and one light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One one original that I just keep as um, pretty much stock standard. Um, one that I tinker with, um, mm-hmm. and I won't go into why. Uh, and the other one, okay. pretty much, um, is just uh, the light. And I just pretty much wanted to have it because it's Nintendo Switch Lite. <laughs> yeah. So w- when you play a handheld mode, do you just use your light pretty much, or do you just go between both or i honestly haven't turned on my light for a, a while uh and i'll be mm. honest with you it, it it's not for anything it's just that there hasn't really been any use to use it in handheld mode for a while. look if i if i needed to uh take it anywhere with me like if i said okay i'm going on a road trip or something i bring my nintendo switch light there is no doubt about it that right now as much as i love my nintendo switch uh the nintendo switch light in terms of handheld mode Holy shit, is that thing comfortable? It is so good. Uh, mm. And I said this, like I reviewed the unit. Um, there is no better way to play Nintendo Switch in handheld than actually having the light. It feels way better. The one solid tablet unit in your hand rather than like the Joy-Cons. I always felt that the Joy-Cons were 
just too fl- I, I, never, I never liked the rails. The rails always got had a little bit of anxiety on me. A little bit wobbly. <sighs> yeah. It just like just even a slight creak noise I was like, eh, I'm about to break this thing. Um But yeah, no, the 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 actual light itself is a solid unit. I love it. It's honestly I feel like almost it's a replacement and, and it's funny because I got it right here and I'm holding it to Drew in front of the camera right now. You guys can't see because it's audio, but it's a replacement <laughs> of the Vita. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, like the Vita is an awesome little unit, uh, but, you know, Sony didn't support it uh, that well. Um, and now Nintendo had potential to kind of overtake that. Uh, oh, well, th- they easily have. That, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh no <laughs> doubt. But, but what I'm saying is with the light, if people only want in an exclusive handheld unit and Nintendo could easily, like, in terms of assets and licensing and everything, there are so many good games that came out on, like, the... the 3ds and the vita that should be easy to kind of scoop up and say okay we can offer those titles here now on the nintendo switch because playstation like i don't think playstation are going to release a vita 2 there is no doubt that nintendo like that that's kind of gone to the wayside and playstation aren't even going to consider doing another handheld They've had two. They both were mildly successful. I wouldn't even call Vita a success. I'd call it a, a mild failure, if anything. Uh, I'll call the PSP very successful, to be honest. Um, sold eighty million. Like that is that is a pretty good. Uh, sold more than like multiple Nintendo consoles. Like it's the not. Wii U. It's, yeah. Well. Well. Anything else. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree with that statement, kind of. I think it still was... Like, it sold because it was... I think it sold more because it was in competition with the DS and how much power it actually showed. the inter- yeah. inter- and, and what it could do. It could actually play those UMD movies, right? But that was also its downfall. Um, I think the problem it had, though, and it kind of started to become evident when a lot of pre-owned Vita started to become available, which was... Which was um, it had no... It had barely any software support. Like, we had some great titles for it, uh, we, like the Metal Gear game, uh, like uh, Peace Walker and all that stuff, but I can't remember, other than Peace Walker or a lot of titles like that did come out on it, like on the PSP, like, I can't remember anything being that memorable from the PSP other than Peace Walker, man. Yeah, well, the, the PSP for me, because I, ha- I had the DS since pretty much launch, and you know, once I got older, I'm like, have a bit more money. I'm like, I'd love to get a PSP. And I kept on looking at lists of games, going down lists of games on Wikipedia and the official um, Sony website and that. And I just, I couldn't find anything I wanted to play on it. Yeah. So I never got one. Yeah. I really wanted one because I'm like, I love my handheld gaming. So this other company offering different experiences and stuff. Yep. Um, I was all about, but yeah, I just, I didn't say anything that I really wanted to play on it. And um, when they announced the Vita, I ended up getting that on launch day Same. because yeah. th- there were games on it that I wanted to play. Yeah, um, and I really, I really loved the Vita. Um, it's 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 really disappointing even to this day for me that they've uh, sort of discontinued just their handheld line because that was honestly some of my favorite PlayStation memories playing on my Vita, um, and that's what sort of drew me into their ecosystem to play on PS3 and PS4. And yeah. now that I've sort of lost that and it's just their console, I've sort of become less excited about Sony games and products as oh. a whole. Yeah, I, I don't blame you. Um, yeah. You know, it's funny. Like, I'm about to launch a PlayStation podcast and I agree with you on that statement. <laughs> um, but the thing is, like, if I go back and think of the PSP, there were only really two titles that stand out to me, which was Peace Walker and The Third Birthday. The Third Birthday had, like, a tremendous amount of 
mm. hype behind it, but its uh, execution was poorly timed because it was released, I think, in 2010. And it just, it was almost near that point of, okay, we're heading into a next generation of handheld gaming and the power behind this is going to be like, eh. So we kind of feel that this was even poorly executed. So I don't know, man. I feel like PSP had a had a go, um, but it didn't do as well, obviously, as Nintendo DS, which was just a phenomenal handheld. You know, I love my Nintendo DS and I still love it to this day. So Yeah, yeah. No, I... I... Definitely agree, but I guess uh, if you look at it this way, like Sony's first attempt at a handheld, yeah, sold half the amount as Nintendo's most yes. successful handheld. Yeah, still not a bad effort. No, not a bad effort at all. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. So, it, um, if you guys are like, you know, what did uh, Furukawa actually say at the briefing? This is just a quick quote. He just says, uh, regarding Nintendo Switch, we believe that it is important to continue to communicate the appeal of both. And Nintendo Switch systems and expand the install base. Please note that we have no uh, plan to launch a new Switch model during 2020. Mm. So if he's lying to his investors, um, bad on him. But if he's telling the truth, well, you can uh, put your money into a Nintendo Switch and not feel bad about it. Correct. Um, speaking of uh, a new Nintendo Switch that you should be putting your money into, new uh, limited edition Animal Crossing's uh, New Horizons <laughs> Uh, bundle was uh, announced yesterday by Nintendo Australia. Everybody's going um, nuts. So, just uh, I guess I'll, you've probably already seen it before out there, but if you haven't, it's very nice themed uh, dock. Uh, it's all coloured in. It's got the Nookingtons uh, on the front on a little island. It's got a... I really like the Joy-Cons. I want um, it now. Of, I'm looking at it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that's the thing. It's got like a nice blue Joy-Con and a light green Joy-Con. Am I about to pre-order this thing during the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like with the light, I'm like, oh, a hundred. No, was it three thirty for the Pokemon one? Yeah. Pokemon is my favorite franchise, uh, and I'm like, all right, three thirty. That is a lot of money just for a second light, especially. I'm like, yeah, yeah. okay, but maybe for the full-on Switch, which is uh, four. 70. Like, yeah. oh, that's a bit too much just for the, the nice colours. But does it come um, with the game? Uh, in Australia, no, it does not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you get the digital code in Europe and oh. I don't think it comes with a code in the US either. Oh, God. So, I think uh, in Japan, you can usually buy these limited edition Joy-Cons through PlayAsia and stuff. Yeah. So, I think the best way for most people would be you know, to get the Joy Cons from Play Asia. Play Asia, they're usually a bit more expensive. You might be paying 150 yeah. Australian for the set of Joy Cons, but yeah. they are nice looking Joy Cons. They are very I think, nice. I think the main thing you'd want out of this edition would be the dock. Just yes. Like how different it is. Yeah. Um, with like the Smash one and a Pokemon one a few years ago, it was just like very much like someone slapped the sticker on it. Yeah. It was just a, a grey dock. It well, well all the sti- all those stickers became available through vinyl, like vinyl printers. Yeah. yeah so. Yeah, like it's very easy just to put it on your yeah. standard dock. But this one is like all out, very different dock. Oh, yeah. And and it's got sort of the um, the etchings on the back of like Animal Crossing animals and like islands and it's sort of represented by um, different seasons in each corner as well. On, on the dock or the actual unit? Oh, the actual unit on yeah. the back. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's a very nice looking one. So if you're a big Animal Crossing fan, I know um, Bobby Pauls who was on a few weeks ago, he is a massive Animal Crossing fan and I think as soon as... Uh, Nintendo America's Twitter account said, "Hey, this is a thing. 
he just went straight there and bought it straight away. So. I, I'm, I'm, look, I'm, dude, I'm tempted, honestly. Like, I really, <laughs> I'm looking at this <laughs> thing and it's like, geez, this is beautiful. Yeah, like, even in my head, I, I think uh, I was talking to Bryce the other day and he said, oh, oh yeah. I think EB Games is doing the trading deal for like two hundred bucks, and then the math starts going in your head. You're like, "Oh yeah, so that that's a, that'll be two seventy, and yeah. it, is, it does have the new battery." Yeah, and you know it will be like a new unit. I'll get like a yeah. You start thinking about it like no drove, and you slap yourself in the face. Yeah, like, yeah. Just buy the game and play it on the three switches you've already got. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, um, I, I kind of have to hold myself back on these kind of things. Uh, too as well because I'm kind of tempted but yeah mm. no. even the box looks nice it's just oh, it's all just all nice it's all well done <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so I take it from your excitement you are a Animal Crossing fan or you just like the look of it um no I I, I have played Animal Crossing in the past uh, let's just say that I've put in my hours into it and yeah. would definitely like Animal Crossing is a day one <laughs> yeah and awesome. there is no doubt and I can't wait for it um I like I think that my struggle right now is that that's going to come at a period where I've got Animal Crossing and then I've got Final Fantasy and it's just like, oh, no, games again. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it's very much... Well, Final um, Fantasy is delayed now, isn't it? Uh, April 10th. Right. Yeah, it so. got delayed to yeah. like a week after. So there you go. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought it was a bit later than that. It must be. I'm thinking about Cyberpunk or something, aren't I? Yeah, probably thinking Cyberpunk, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm really looking for the Animal Crossing as well. Yeah. Uh, I didn't I didn't play a whole lot of New Leaf. I played because like I played um, Wild World on DS a whole heap and that was just by myself and like maybe one other friend who I learnt that played it maybe like a few years later and I just traded some fruit, didn't do too much. Yeah. But New Leaf was the one where I was like, all right, everyone who has a 3DS, I want you to play this because I want you to come to my village and yeah. I want your fruit. And everyone else sort of played it for like probably 15 hours and said, oh yeah, that was fun and put it down. And just just through that, I, I did the same thing. I'm like, oh, yeah. okay. So after 30 hours or so, I put it down as well. I didn't play it for years and years like a lot of people did. And like this is the one where I'm like, all right, so this is, I love my Switch and I'm go- this is going to be a game I pick up every day and do my little thing and put it down or stick with it for three hours and just chill out at night and play it as well. Did you um Did you ever play City Folk? Uh, I didn't because I didn't... A friend of mine had it and I just didn't see... Because like, what I loved about playing it on DS was just like chilling out, playing mm-hmm. it on my DS. And the features they added in City Folk didn't really... Uh, didn't really um, make me just want to lock myself to the TV to play it. Yeah. And I didn't want to start my whole a whole Animal Crossing town again and that because I was just really happy just to play it on DS. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I played uh, quite a few hours on City Folk, actually. I remember um, the first feature of the, the new microphone that they bought. Oh, the Wii it. Speak. The Wii Speak. Yeah. And I thought to myself, man, this is really cool. Microphone on where? It's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, no, let's not do that ever again. Thanks, Wii. Um, but I still enjoyed it. I, that was kind of um, my way in, uh, kind of into the uh, Animal Crossing, but then I kind of ditched that and went to the DS version pretty much, so... Yeah, mm. yeah. I definitely prefer the DS version. Yeah, like this game is so at home on a handheld. Oh yeah, and like the same with Pokemon. Like I wouldn't want Pokemon to be locked to a TV. Mm. I wouldn't want to just like play it, say on the PlayStation, have to like boot up the the console to play it. But um, similar with that, like Animal Crossing, having it on the TV, having it look nice and just chilling out playing it on the TV. And when someone else is like, "All right, I want to watch TV," you're like, "Oh, yeah, whatever." It, yeah, it's no loss to me playing this on a smaller screen. So. I agree. 
just do it anyway. Yeah. What what sort of um disappoints me a little bit, and it's kind of fair enough, but for both Pokemon and Animal Crossing, you can't upload your save to the cloud and put it down to your a different switch. So I'm like stuck playing this on just my you know normal switch rather than being able to play on my light as well. Yeah. I know you can sort of transfer saves via just like wireless locally and it sort of deletes it off one switch and transfers it to the other one. But I'm just not game to do that in case something goes wrong. Yeah. Especially like with something like um, Animal Crossing where hours and hours have been put into it. I wouldn't want to be like, all right, I want to play on the light today, transfer it over. It doesn't work, but then deletes it off of the initial switch. Oh, yeah. It just scares me. Yeah, 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 I get you. Yeah. Because I noticed the other day Smash... Smash did the same thing. It didn't support cloud saves. But then I was going through my cloud saves and it said that my Smash had cloud save had gone up to the cloud. Yeah. And I downloaded it on my Switch and I started playing it on my Lite. I'm like, huh, they must have changed that. They must their have changed that, yeah. Thoughts on it, yeah. Because I know at launch they definitely didn't. Yeah, they, they weren't for it. I remember that, yeah. Yeah, which didn't make any sense for Smash. No. Because the whole thing of Pokemon is like you can copy two saves and you can like duplicate Pokemon and yeah. start like um, doing the system like that. But yeah. Smash didn't make any sense. So what are you going to do? Play against yourself? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Weird. Hmm. So yeah. Um, Dash, hopefully you can you can hold off of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try my best. Yeah, I will too. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it, it, I've got other things I need to buy for the podcast and games and stuff. I don't think I'm just going to be buying another Switch. Yeah, so you're I'll telling me. Quite easy there. Um, so th- this, is, this is an interesting one, Dash. Um, th- yep. We're starting to get into sort of the financial stuff. But yeah. This isn't Nintendo. This is EA. Oh, great. We're bringing bring it, bring it up EA. I just find this just kind of amusing. So uh, CEO um, uh, Blake Georgeson sort of had a bit of a quote when he was asked about um, whether or how they're going to support Switch uh, going forward with their title. So this is a quote from him. Mm-hmm. He says, uh, We are very pleased with how Nintendo has done with Switch. COO and CFO Blake Georgeson responded. He says... I mean, people love the platform. They enjoy it. It's great. We are always looking and discussing with Nintendo what else we can put on the platform. And as you can imagine, uh, as the platform grows, our interest in adding content grows for that platform. But as also, but we're also conscious of the fact that the top-selling titles are by a long shot all Nintendo software, which is fabulous software, but it helps us balance sort of the realities of how big our markets there can be. Uh, but trust that we're looking at that. Mm-hmm. So they've been playing sort of the like since 2017, since the Switch came out. They've been they've been sitting back, taking the taking the sort of stance of like, all right, let's see how this goes before we sort of jump in there. Yeah. And in 2020, we're uh, almost at three years of the system being out. They're still like, we're seeing how it's going. Yeah, we're going to see how it goes, and it it. I do sort of agree with the point that like Nintendo software does like sort of drown out other um, say publishers and that because like a lot of people buy a Switch and they're like, all right, I've got the Switch. I need to buy Mario Kart. I'd like, and then they look at some other games and oh, Zelda looks great and I'll buy Mario. And that's like the t- three games they buy once they buy the system. But it also doesn't help them that when they say, all right, this is going to be our little dip of the toe into uh, Nintendo and the Switch, but it's FIFA and it's just a really um, poor version of FIFA as well. I think... Like, um, they, they, they don't help themselves when they actually do try. I, I think the problem... 
see the uh, Nintendo's trust factor right now. I think is kind of starting to come back. Like, there's a lot of respect in terms of uh, Nintendo and whether or not um, a lot of these Western uh, developers can actually trust uh, Nintendo right now based on the fact of the Wii U. I think a lot of that has kind of put a bit of uh, a foul taste in a lot of uh, publishers' mouths after their experience on... Which is fair enough. Yeah, which was on (laughs) such an underpowered unit during a, a, a generation where... like the Wii U came out in a really, really weird phase. And and I remember when it did come out, um, they were trying to get ahead of the curb on the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One. But the, it was almost like they kind of took the same route with the Wii and thought it was going to be a major commercial success uh, based on one using the same name, just calling it a Wii U um, and thinking that, Mums would be um, like the casual players, and the mums, the soccer mums, would buy it because it's the next generation Wii. Um, which, if you're, if as a kid, even as a child, you would know, mum's not going to buy this because we already have a Wii at home. Uh, yeah. So it, it's one of those things where there there was a trust, and even like Ubisoft kind of fell out of trust at one point with. Nintendo because of that. Uh, and it's funny to see now that they've kind of gained that respect and trust back within Ubisoft again. Like, we're getting um, Assassin's Creed titles and shit. We even had Mario Gross Rabbids uh, on, on the unit, which is something I never thought I'd see an Ubisoft-developed Mario game, mm-hmm. um, which is amazing. Uh, but I, 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 EA, obviously, are really, like... They're still one of the most confusing development and pub- uh, development companies and publishers out there. Um, and I, I can understand why they're kind of he- <clears throat> hesitant to uh, publish their games on the Switch because I love my Nintendo Switch, but it's easy to admit that the Switch is also still underpowered compared to the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. However, it is not supposed to be the most powerful unit on the market. It is uh, sold as a hybrid unit. It is sold as a handheld slash home console. It mm. is not supposed to be... Uh, like, I, I remember Reggie even saying it, like, it is essentially a... Well, he, I think he didn't mean it to put it this way, but I think it also was a, a great way to put it. Uh, it it's a supplemental console. It's supposed... It's it's one... Uh, it, it, it It's the console that you need to sit by everything that you have already. You will have a Nintendo Switch... Even if you own a PlayStation 4 and an Xbox One or a PC, you will have a Nintendo Switch. Yeah, and those, th- yeah those other three, you yeah. usually you usually pick one. Like, you know, I want to play the latest Star Wars game. Yeah. And you you choose which one you're going to play it on. Where yeah. Switch is like, it just offers a complete different catalog of experiences to play. Correct. Yeah. Um, there is those exclusive experiences that you can't find anywhere else, like a Mario or a Zelda and everything. You know, when you hear uh, The Legend of Zelda... Breath of the Wild, you automatically think, man, that is a must-play game. And it is. It is It is a must-play video game. Uh, but you can only find it on Nintendo Switch. And the thing is, like, I believe that their marketing strategy for Nintendo Switch has been amazing because it, it, I honestly think when they thought that they really wanted that to be their strategy for the Wii U, but it obviously didn't work out that way, um, they wanted th- that marketing strategy of 
your your supplemental console will be the one that you absolutely need. Um, I think it worked out better now for the Wii U because it is essentially a unit in itself, not a not a unit that is stuck where it is, and the only way you can play it is basically if you turn on the unit and carry the controller with you to the dunny and back. Um, now sure. you can actually take the whole unit with you on the road, uh, and even to your dunny and back if you wanted to. But uh, the, Do it all the the time the idea, yeah, the idea that it's a hybrid unit, um, but you also get some of those uh, AAA exclusive, well, AAA exclusive, those AAA uh, experiences uh, on the unit, like Doom and uh, Wolfenstein and Assassin's Creed, and you know. Uh, some different titles, uh, Bard, WWE, 2K18, which was just a terrible release for the unit. But yeah, um, I still think that Nintendo has done an amazing job at that. And EA kind of, I can understand uh, where they are right now in terms of just sitting back and observing. But I think that they're, they're acting on it <sighs> with caution more than anything mm. um but yeah I, f- I feel like with ea they need to take a different tack to it so yeah th- their, their main sort of lineup is their sports lineup so they've they've tried with fifa which is their their biggest thing they've got going it's yeah. you know it's football it's worldwide it's the game of the well, it's a world wo- worldwide game plus kids um, love it yeah yeah, so they tried that, but like a lot of people that are really into that. There's a there's a hundred million plus PS4s out there. There's Xbox Ones. That's that is where that audience mainly is. Yeah. Um, so I know like on the Wii they tried a different tact with their FIFA. So they had it like they made it like a more arcadey sort of me version of um, soccer. Yeah. And you know that sort of worked out for them, and they went for that for a few fair few years, and in in like stuff like Sims and. Uh, franchises they have that make more sense for Nintendo's audience. They should be maybe thinking more about that rather than just going, all right, we've got Jedi Fallen Order. Um, we'll think about, you know, porting that or the, whatever their mainline game is at the time. Yeah. Um, I, I just feel like there's a, there's a lot of missed opportunities for some of their IP out there. Yeah. Even like a Need for Speed game, like maybe a, a port of an old Need for Speed game or uh, whatever it is. Because uh, was it Need for Speed Most Wanted that came out in 2013? It mm. wasn't the it wasn't the PS2 version. It was the uh, one that came out pretty recent. But that yeah. was on Vita, and that was a lot of fun to play on a handheld and uh, play it like that. Yeah. So I think like there's there's lots of opportunities for that. Like there there aren't many just realistic or arcadey just racing games on Switch. There's mm. there's a couple. There's um Ashveld, which is like a free to play game. And, yeah. But there's there's a lot of a. Uh, open spaces there they can play in they mm-hmm. don't have to necessarily put out put out their sports games that are subpar to other consoles they don't have to um, sort of go directly against Nintendo's IP that they put out I think they just need to really sort of think about some because yeah there's definitely some genres on Switch that just aren't represented all that well I think it's more like a financial whether it's financially viable for the studio itself uh, to actually develop Mm. Uh, the game for the unit and whether or not they're going to sell enough units on the Switch to uh, justify them actually putting the time and effort into porting the game over to the Switch. I think that EA have kind of run the numbers uh, in the past and seen whether or not like uh, their titles actually sell within a Nintendo audience and I can respect if it doesn't, uh, mm. then they shouldn't be doing it. Um, 
EA try their best at publishing non-stop AAA titles as well, which um, doesn't work out every time. I can understand that, but also they do a good job at actually releasing AAA titles and stuff. Like, if somebody came to me tomorrow and said, oh, hey, did you hear that uh, they're releasing the new Star Wars game uh, on the Nintendo Switch, I'd be like, great. I don't think, though, that it would sell tremendously on Switch. I don't know if they should be producing so many units for the unit, like uh, so many uh, hmm. uh, units uh, like the, and trying to sell it. Uh, I don't think it's going to land the mark that they want for the Nintendo Switch. And that could be a bad thing in the future for EA and Nintendo's relationship too. Um, I think EA are probably just sitting back and are waiting for that Nintendo Switch, that inevitable Nintendo Switch Pro uh, for any casual opportunity to release um, games on. But as it stands right now, I can respect EA's position. I do understand what you're saying as well, though, bringing in like um, a need for speed because it isn't present. Racing games aren't really present on the Switch. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know whether or not Nintendo's audience right now, other than FIFA, FIFA's huge on Switch. I can't believe it. The amount of kids that come through and ask for FIFA on Switch is incredible. Like, uh, yeah, dude, uh, at work, the amount of times I hear, hey, do you have FIFA on Switch? Uh, It's one of the things where it's like, sometimes it confuses me because there's not a lot of, like, obviously, there's not a lot of EA titles on Switch other than FIFA. And it's like, man, uh, they do really well with FIFA and they know it. um, But... I will say that they don't produce a lot of units, a lot of cartridges, like physical units for the Nintendo Switch in terms of FIFA. So yeah, they they cost yeah, more. So, correct. Yeah. yeah, they've run the numbers. They have run the numbers on it, and they know whether or not it's actually going to be financially viable. So I can understand that situation. Yeah, and that's the thing with FIFA as well. It's already a legacy edition on Switch. It's yeah. already a, a version that isn't being updated mechanically each year. It's just the rosters. And Correct, yeah, yeah. when that news sort of came out, was it last year when the game released? It's kind of like a little bit baffling that they've already essentially given up. Yeah, yeah. On the Switch version of their most popular game. So, yeah, yeah. I agree. With EA, it's sort of a from like 2017 when they sort of had that real bad year when, you know, Mass Effect wasn't, didn't live up to expectations and every game just had microtransactions just falling out of it. Mm. Um, they sort of, they lost a lot of my respect and they're sort of, they haven't really, well, they haven't won it back necessarily, yeah. and like I'm, I'm, I am a big Need for Speed fan, and I haven't played it since, oh, since uh, the PS4 uh, launched, um, 2014 oh, when I wow. uh, when I got mine anyway, because um, they just they haven't been that good since, so I haven't gone back, and uh, even in 2017 when uh, the Need for Speed title that year, it just had. You could buy cards, which you could use to upgrade your car with like real money. I'm like, guys, that is disgusting. I don't, yeah. want, to, I don't want to be a part of that. So a lot of microtransactions, yeah. Yeah, so they can. Uh, I hope they uh, get back to you know publishing great games. But same, yeah, yeah. They're sort of uh, they've sort of lost me in the in the meantime. So let's get into sort of uh, what Nintendo's been uh, cooking up with their financials. Dash, you're, yeah. you're the you're the numbers man. You like numbers. Yeah, Do you am. like high numbers. You like low numbers. You like medium numbers. Yeah, I like going? I like medium to high. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, are, are you as are you as much into numbers as Eric is? Uh, his yeah, channel from Nintendo be, by numbers. Yeah, his his channel used to be called Nintendo by numbers. 
Why don't you call your site um, Dash by Numbers? Oh, because it doesn't make sense. Yeah, true. <laughs> dash by, yeah, well, Dash by Numbers, you're just pretty much just sort of running past it, I guess. Exactly. That means you don't care. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Nintendo Switch, um, as of uh, was it December thirty-first? Uh, so this is actually a little bit outdated now, which makes it all the more impressive. Right. Uh, Nintendo Switch has uh, moved or oh, sold, sorry, yep. um, fifty-two point uh, four eight million units. God damn. Which now is uh, now now it's like starting to look really impressive. So it's about yeah. twenty-five million behind the three DS already. Yep. Um, which is absolutely phenomenal, and it's uh, shifted. Uh, 310 million uh, units of software as well. So wow. people are really you know, enjoying their, their software on Switch. I, I know like for a fact I've got like over 100 games on Switch. Nice. So I am a good customer for Nintendo. They, over uh, 100 games, Drew. Damn. Yeah. Well, some might be codes. Some might be real cheap. Some yeah. are full-price Nintendo games. I don't know how much I've spent. I do not want to find that out um, because <laughs> that would be very scary for me and... Myself and my bank account and my partner yep. and my home loan and everything else. I don't want to know. Damn. So let's uh, let's break down the top ten um, best-selling games on Switch. Um, some are from before. Some have uh, snuck in there. Mm-hmm. So at number ten is Luigi's Mansion Three at five point three seven million pieces. Wow. Um, it says pieces here. I'll say units. It's units. Sounds, yeah. Sounds weird. Um, hey, pieces is more the Japanese term for it. Yeah, because yeah, I'm on a uh, yeah Nintendo.co.jp, so yeah. that's why. Yeah. Um, number nine is New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe at uh, 5.85 million units, which is really impressive for a port. Yeah. Uh, Super Ma- <laughs> Super Mario Party is at 9.12 million units. Mm, a lot of angry people there. Yeah, there's a <laughs> lot of it. It's incredible that that game has sold that well. It's it's the best selling Mario Party game now i think i uh i'm not surprised saw before it's gotten yeah. a lot of hype yeah a lot of people are behind this mario party so and like the mario party series has been in the you know the depths of hell for a, a long for time for a long time the, yeah yeah since the gamecube um number eight is uh splatoon 2 at 9.81 so that's coming up to 10 million and that's that's really good to see that a you know a relatively new nintendo ip has really resonated with people definitely um, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee at 11.76 million units, mm-hmm. which is which is good. It's gone That's up bad, about yeah. a million units since their last quarter report. Yeah. Um, this is the most impressive one on the list. It yep. just uh, shot up to halfway through the list within uh, a month and a half, so Fantastic. six weeks. Pokemon Sword and Shield are at 16.06 million units. So they're the the it's the been the best launch for. Uh, a Pokemon game. Yep. Um, it's sold more than Pokemon X and Y and Sword and Shield for yep. the same period. Um, it's been an absolute beast of a game. And Fantastic. Once uh, the sales for this slow down within a year's time or two years or however long a tale this game has, it's going to be really interesting to see where the sales end up for this. Um, I think it's going to boost again once the DLC gets released, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, we've got DLC coming out and more people will be like, all right. And that might even fix problems people had with uh, the cut of Pokemon and yeah, content. I don't... Like, whoever still has that problem uh, post-launch I just might say, tell you what, I'll, uh, I'm will i back in after that. I agree. So, yeah. And I'm sort of like two minds on this. Like, I am like... I really love the game and I'm happy to see that it got the sales 
But at the same time, I'm like, you know, it would be good to see a bit more polish on these games. Oh, yeah. And yeah. the sales on this tell Game Freak that what you're doing is fine. You don't have to improve uh, improve on anything. I, I, I See, that, that that's also the negative side to it as well, is that mm. because the game sells so well that they feel like they can actually release uh, something. Like, there is no doubt in my mind there were some problems in terms of uh, the game, uh, like, in terms of its design. Um, there were a couple of issues that the game had, that nothing that can't be patched, though, but um, I definitely feel like the excuse of, oh, it sold 16 million, that's not a good enough excuse. People bought it because it's Pokemon, yes, but they do want a, a perfect Pokemon game, so make sure that you, you know, polish it before you actually mm. Just like, it. the main thing that stood out to me was uh, a modder uh, went in and redid the textures. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, oh, why couldn't... Like, that is one thing, like, regardless, like, this this game makes millions and millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. You can you can put more effort into the textures, at least. Yeah, yeah I agree. Like, that, that is not a big ask for... No, 100%. Um, ...how much of a profit driver this this is. I agree. So, yeah, hopefully mate, hopefully we are wrong and they, for the next game, it's like, well, all right, let's, uh, let's make it as polished as we can. I hope so, yeah. Um, next up is Breath, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild at 16.34 million units. Still going strong. Yes, units. Um, yes, it's great to see that um, up there. It's going to get pushed down by Pokemon very soon. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Super Mario Odyssey at 16.59 million units. Mm. Uh, uh, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate at 17.68 million units. Yep. And th- that's still trucking on strong, which is great to see because after the Wii U version, um, not selling all that well, which was... Um, even kind of surprising for the install base, even with the 13 million um, yeah. yeah, install base on Wii U, it still didn't sell that well. It's kind of like, oh, is Smash Bros just not on people's radars? Is is it just me sort of enjoying it and like a couple mm. of other people? But sort of w- with the Switch sales, it it does show like, yes, this is a, one of Nintendo's most important franchises. So yeah, oh yeah, 100%. That uh, makes me relieved a little bit. And uh, number one, at absolutely nobody's um, surprise, no. is Mario Kart 8 Deluxe at 22.96 million units. Yeah, no so, surprise there. Um, the gap between Smash Bros. and um, Smash Ultimate has widened within the last quarter. Yep. It was at about a 2 million gap before, now is um, spread out to about a 5 million gap. Yeah. So it kind of shows like over people picking up a Switch for Christmas and things like that. Um, Mario Kart is the main thing people go for. I think that Mario Kart's probably going to be that because it's more of a casual option, especially mm. like when parents and all that go to pick it up and they think to themselves, oh, I wouldn't mind having a go at that. I'd like to play some Mario Kart with my kids. They pick up Mario Kart. It's no, yeah. it's a no-brainer. Yeah, and like, I, I couldn't think of a more perfect game to pick up for um, a kid's present or something for Christmas Day, playing Mario Kart on the brand new console. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Or you could pick up Xenoblade and you could play that with the kids. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I yeah, I couldn't imagine that. No, definitely not. I I, I don't I, like honestly. I haven't even finished the game yet myself. <laughs> yeah, like Xenoblade was one of those things because uh, Bryce talked so much about it. I'm like, I, I really oh, I, like it. I really want to play the series, yeah. so I bought it and I played it for a little bit. And I, it's one of those games where I'm like, I do need to play it and I do want to play it. Yeah, but will it happen? I do not know. Yeah, I've had the collector's edition sitting up there for a couple of years now, and I still haven't like properly opened it back up and played it again <laughs> oh right so, oh you got the yeah. collector's edition too. i did yeah i got lucky uh one of my friends who worked at an eb games is like hey i got a surprise for you i'm like what's up and he goes you're uh so remember how you were late to get the collector's edition? He's like yeah he goes 
Uh, so I got one in. I'm like, where? And he goes, well, we found it. It was just sitting here at the back. You want it? I'm like, yeah. I said, but I own the, um, the you know, the, the standard. And he goes, just bring that back in. We'll return it and we'll give you this one. So I was like, sweet. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I look at a lot of those special editions. Yeah. And since I buy my games digitally, I'm like, no, I'll pass on that. If I was just getting the box copy anyway, I'll be like, yeah, I'll spend an extra 50 bucks each time. Why not? There were a couple um, of games where I could have said that. Um, Astral Chain was the most recent. Uh, I, I, like Nintendo were gracious enough to actually offer us a review code for that one, which we were very thankful for. Uh, that was like our very first official Nintendo title that we reviewed for Dash Gamer um, within the recent years. And they were more than uh, gracious enough to actually uh, hand us a review copy of that. And I could have said, no, nah, I don't need the collect edition. Uh, but the game was so solid. We still, like, honestly, uh, the Dash Awards are still up in the air uh, for, for 2019 because I still haven't picked a game of the year or nothing. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. it's been up in the air because we're still, tossing, we're still tossing up between, like, uh, Death Stranding, Luigi's Mansion 3, and Astral Chain. Those are the three games that right now are up in the air for game of the year. And, like, myself and Buddy have had so many debates and we still haven't made up our mind yet for what our 2019 game of the year is. But I obviously need to come out with something. And honestly, Astral Chain is so damn good. I'm so glad that I picked up that collector's edition, dude. Mm. Yeah. So what comes in the collector's edition? Because I can't actually remember. Was it a statue or no? It was just uh, it was the just statue a statue. Would have been great for that. A game. statue would have been fantastic, mm. man. But uh, it was just a, a an art book, a soundtrack, like you know, a standard collector's edition standard that stuff, you would yeah. get. Yeah, yeah. Because even Damon X Machina that got a that got a statue. I that got, got like that. a little figure or something. I got that. Yeah, yeah. You got uh, that too. I, I got that too. I got that by luck. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Because uh, that was that was the one uh, first party Nintendo game last year. I'm like, all right, I'll let this slide by. I don't think it would. Look, I I think that would that's it. Easily and okay by me to be honest to slide by. I I kind of bought it and I was looking at it. I'm like, hmm. I don't know if this one was worth it. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because like. At the time, there was too much stuff going on. It was busy at work. It was, you know, whatever. I'm like, all right, just, I'm not that interested in it, so I don't have to pretend to be interested in it either. Yeah. Because I don't, all of the other games around at Luigi's Mansion, et cetera, et cetera, I was like, yeah. absolutely uh, chomping at the bit to play. Yeah. Um, I'll ask you, how much was the uh, units again for the Switch? Uh, how many did they sell? Was it 52 million? Yeah, 52 million. So uh, included in that is 5 million Switch Lite units Yeah. as well. So- so, according to uh, Turtle Beach uh, Quarter 3 earnings call, the Xbox One sales were sitting at 50 million. So, Nintendo Switch has now caught up to where Xbox One is. Yeah. That's incredible. That is, yeah. That is incredible. And, like, Xbox One, like, it's not ne- it wasn't necessarily selling super no. poorly either. It was no. just, compared to PS4, it was just, uh, it looks well, pretty ordinary, but... Well, I wouldn't say it was selling poorly, but I wouldn't say it was selling like hotcakes. It, it was no. a two-to-one ratio in terms of the PS4. Um, so I, I'm not surprised that though that Switch has actually caught up to Xbox One. I think they kind of shot themselves in the foot when they had Don Matrick, uh, their former um, president of Xbox, Ooh, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, stuff them around and say that, oh, if you want to play online, then, or sorry, if you want to share games or anything like that, go buy an Xbox 360. That was just a terrible call. Um, and the whole DRM situation, yeah, they 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 screwed the pooch, and glad they sacked that guy. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was just really embarrassing. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. 
even before he said like even before he crippled their business he was just like a boring kind of like oh, very yeah. corporate guy to have on the stage he was anyway. a suit yeah he was yeah. a suit yeah so yeah if you want more information about sort of Nintendo's financial report if you're like into that type of thing you can go to nintendo.co.jp and they have like a big list about all the stuff they're getting up to, whether it's their sort of Nintendo stores or Nintendo World theme parks they're opening up. They've got details about sort of the wearables nice. they're sort of implementing there. Um, their mobile stuff, um, which uh, which the further they go on, go on, sort of less interests me, just with yeah. all of their subscriptions and gambling crap they're putting in there. <laughs> um, it's like the most sort of anti-Nintendo sort of stuff, uh, yeah. stuff they're doing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and just uh, speaking of actual chain before that actually that actually went over a hundred million, not hundred million, one million um, sales. So that's oh, uh, really good for that type of game as well. Fantastic! I love that game so much. I want to play it again. Hmm. So a big win for Platinum Games, which has uh, has had you know big successes and big failures as well. Like uh, Bayonetta never got to a hundred million. God damn! I think I might have just so. landed our game of the year in my head. Anyway. I- it's <laughs> announced here folks oh yeah um, so yeah that's a, that's as far as all the news goes there was a, a bit going on just with um, their announcements but we're still sitting here waiting for a direct seeing what's gonna be going on for yeah. this year apart from Animal Crossing we got no idea what we're gonna be blowing our wad of cash on apart from a PS5 or an Xbox Series X at the end of the year so I, I hate to call it but I really hope that it's Zelda man I really do mm. I really hope See, it's Zelda I, Bryce and I have talked about it in the past. He thinks that Zelda will be this year, and just because I don't want to be hurt and I just want to um, <laughs> be a, be devil's advocate, I'm just saying no. Yeah, I don't think enough. it is this year. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's every possibility it could be. There's no reason it could or couldn't be. Yeah, I trust um, Bryce's intuition. Yeah, I, I I don't. He's a he's a silly boy. No, <laughs> Um, I, I can say whatever I want about him when he's not here. That's fair enough. He's, he's a, he's, his little toe <laughs> smells and he's, his farts aren't great. There Fantastic. There you go, Bryce. We love you. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Even uh, if I pretend I don't. So, Dash, yeah. let's, uh, let's uh, talk about sort of your creative endeavors. You've been sort of uh, writing and creating content for 10 plus years. Yes. And that's a, that's a lot longer than... No, either Bryce or I have been doing podcasting and stuff. So, yeah, you know, we're, we're we're just like little little kids, little newbies in the scene. I'm an old man, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess uh, how how did you sort of get into it? Why did you want to start creating content you know, around mm. video games? Well, video games has always been my passion. Like I've always like loved video games ever since I was a kid. Since the first day my dad bought home a Famicom. Um, I was a three-year-old and I knew that from that day forward that um, everything that I wanted to do when I was older, there, there had to be something based on gaming. Um, and it wasn't like, I'd say when I turned 16, 17, when, you know, the YouTube generation started to kind of spark and everybody was kind of coming up on YouTube, there was never really, there was never really any Aussie uh gaming creators on youtube and that's where i kind of started i started on youtube creating uh reviews on there and um from that kind of just spurred to a love of writing um i wanted to write reviews instead of um filming them and i still i still have passion for video editing and everything else but 
Um, I feel like there's no better way to communicate a like a thought than actually having it on a piece of paper or even now uh, on a website, basically, mm-hmm. uh, for people to read. Um, there's always, you know, podcasting will always be something that's great. But for me personally, writing has always been something that has been a passion of mine since, you know, high school and even primary school, man. Uh, like, I can't say that it's 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 one of those things where, yes, I realize that right now we're in a generation where it's starting to phase out and a lot of people are now creating uh, video content uh, or podcasting rather than actually writing. Uh, it, 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 that's a no-brainer. Um, it's like the old saying that video killed the radio star. Now the internet's killing... Like the video, the video stars killing the, um, you know, uh, magazines and everything else, you know, so that, that, that YouTube age is starting to take over, but, um, that passion of actually putting into video gaming and everything else, man, I still love it so much that I still believe that there is that there is a place for written content to be out there for people to love and read and watch or listen. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it did start off like, was it always like having a bit more of a critical eye at video games or was it like something else to start off with that evolved into that once you've become familiar with, um, you know, games and how they're made and everything else? The critical life of video gaming pretty much came through having that love for it. Like, because I loved gaming so much, um, there was always a part of me that, I felt a creative endeavor to actually show uh, a critical eye towards gaming was something that I was... I always loved highlighting what was great about gaming more than what was uh, negative about gaming as well. Like, there was a lot of people that would always jump on... Like, everybody has an influence, uh, an influencer uh, that makes them want to do... uh, creative endeavors online and stuff i never really had that i I never really had an influence i just kind of did it myself um because i felt that i could and when i started uh making content online i just felt that we were in an age where a lot of people were negative towards gaming um there was a lot of people who jump online and um instead of being like you know a, a critic, a proper critic towards gaming, they would highlight only what was negative. Um, I felt that in a YouTube age, we never really had anything that was informative. Um, and I wanted to kind of be different from what everybody else was doing. And I kind of put that out there when I started doing that. Um, I wanted to be informative rather than just critical all the time. And it and it was, it was great. Um, but I fell out of that passion... Uh, after that and I felt like writing was pretty much going to be the more sensible way to go about it and that's pretty much where I was for a while I was writing for a long time Um, and I enjoyed it and I had a lot of opportunity doing that so yeah Hmm. yeah because I know like for myself like a lot lot of people like playing video games and enjoy playing them when they get home for work or whatever but it is it is a different passion when you're like thinking about doing content and like this is sort of the same passion but yeah. also a kind of a different passion whether it's like doing writing or podcasting and yeah, yeah stuff like that 
Yeah. Yeah. And like, it, it's something like I, I really enjoy too, just thinking about like creating content around it. And yeah. sometimes you do think like, instead of like looking up news and following like, you know, Nintendo financial reports and just yeah. all of that real uh, nerdy behind the scenes stuff, even yeah. like more into the business stuff. It's like, why don't you just uh, play more, more games? spend more of the time just playing games but it's not it, it all sort of uh yeah molds into one because like you do like care about care about them enough that you actually are thinking about like how they're made and everything as well yeah i i think there is a passion to what we do though um mm. like i think you'd agree that if you didn't love outputting content based around this uh media that this medium that we do like that we have a passion for video games um, then you wouldn't come on here and like create a podcast about you know mm, Nintendo yeah, or uh, anything that you love. Like you wouldn't want to uh, spread that that joy of having uh, you know being a fanboy of Nintendo or fanboy of PlayStation or a fan mm. of Xbox or whatever you are. Um, you want to spread that joy to people. You want to have them. Uh, you want to influence them as much to tell them, hey, have you heard the great news about Nintendo today? Or have you heard about like the great news about this and that. Yeah, there are some negatives to it, uh, which, you know, as gamers, we don't appreciate and we have to highlight sometimes because, you know, some of us have audiences that come to us for that exclusively. They come to us for that. And that's something that we deeply appreciate. We deeply appreciate that we have an audience that comes to, you know, whether it be uh, The House of Mario or Dash Gamer or, uh, or, you know, 8-Bit or whoever else. You know, we deeply appreciate that kind of uh you know uh, we, we we deeply appreciate the fact that we we have that dedicated uh audience that wants to hear that from us um and we highlight it to, our, to the best of our ability um it's just like our passion and we, we discussed this before we began the podcast is that you know our passions um kind of uh can sometimes uh, overtake what we actually love um so we love creating this but does it kind of burn us out in a way kind of it does a little bit uh we we, we hit a burnout period of course we do and then like we don't want to know anything about gaming for a little bit or mm. you know it doesn't help that my my job's you know i'm a video game salesman during the day and then um you know creating content around video gaming at night um and then playing it and then critiquing it you know, so yeah, and yeah, back to the point you said before, where you know, you've got to be really uh, passionate about it. Like, yes. I I couldn't do content around um, movies, for example. I like watching movies. I really yeah. enjoy watch. I go to the movies. I made like a bit of a thing to myself this year that I'd love to go to the movies at least once a month. Right. And that like I enjoy watching movies, but I couldn't really talk about movies on podcasts. I don't really feel that like like I can critique them and all that that well. Usually mm. when someone says, oh, that movie wasn't that good because of this scene and that scene, I just go, yeah, no, I enjoyed it. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. That, that's no, what I, I know exactly. Yeah. yeah, I know exactly uh, mm. that feeling. Look, the thing is like, I get a lot of shit about that as well. Obviously with, you know, with Buddy, um, yeah. when we were doing Dash Culture, um, you know, uh, Buddy coming from more of a, a fandom for for movies and music and everything else and myself for video gaming um when we merged essentially like the idea of da- the dash gamer podcast and then review culture and made a dash culture mm. um 
there was that thing that we were going to cover everything in pop culture. Um, but it essentially became, okay, Buddy knows stuff about gaming, movies, and music. I'm centralizing, I centralize it towards gaming right now. Yeah. Um, and I obviously caught flack because I never really <laughs> discussed movies with Buddy at the time because I wasn't always avidly, you know, uh, heading to the cinema to watch movies on a weekly basis, whereas Buddy was. Um, and he'd like to talk about movies uh, on the podcast, which, you know, I was more than for him doing um, because I'd like to hear that kind of stuff from him as well. Um, I copped a lot of flack from people because I never really talked about it. Uh, but the truth is that because I, I never really kind of went as early as Buddy did, I never really could talk about it. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but like I have a, uh, you know, I have a degree in, uh, you know, cinematography and all this kind of stuff. Like I, I actually know movies uh, better than a lot of people know like know me like they, they they don't know like i get tested by dylan and buddy like we'll be playing apex or something and they'll be like oh do you know what this line's from and i'll be like guys i don't care watch your stupid star wars movies like i give a shit uh, but <laughs> yeah. it's for me it's like that's not what it's about like i enjoy movies just as much as any any other person does if i didn't i wouldn't be a video editor i wouldn't be a graphics designer um i wouldn't be doing these things um, if I didn't enjoy it as much. However, having a creative output on movies and everything, I don't think I could necessarily do it on a weekly basis, pretty much like what you just said. Yeah. I don't really have that same passion to be a, a movie critic. Um, but if it came down to if it came down to me having an opportunity um, financially, let's say, to do it, um, hey, yeah. I, I will go to the cinemas every week, study uh, the movies that you want me to critique. I'll do it. That's no problem. Um, would I be passionate about it? Yeah, I would be. Mm. So, yeah. Like, even for me, like, you know, this is a Nintendo podcast. So, mm. when I play stuff on PlayStation or something that I know will definitely never come to Switch, um, I even then I can, like, take a bit of a, a bit of a break and go, all right, I'm just playing this and... Yeah. But it is still a video game, so I am being like more um, critiquing it more than I would just going to the cinema or something. But of course, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Sorry, no, no, sorry. No. Oh, <laughs> oh. Um, so you started you started off in in the YouTube scene and uh, yeah, and writing. So what sort of got you into doing uh, moving to the podcast scene? Um, I actually did podcasting back in two thousand and eight. Uh, when it was uh, really early into the scene, actually. Uh, mm. But I helped uh, produce a podcast back in 2008, I should say. And uh, I always had a love for producing podcasts, kind of like a radio show, more than the, they are now. So I always had the idea of podcasting being more as a radio show than just an informative show. So uh, they would be highlighted more... Uh, in segment segments than they are um, how we do them now. Mm. Um, I remember always doing them, having the funny... Uh, like I, I always would model them after proper radio shows, uh, like funny funny sound effects, background music, um, all, that, all that kind of stuff as well. We get uh, permission from some artists to feature their songs on the podcast as well, which was really incredible that we actually did get some... 
uh, artist permissions. I remember getting uh, Guys Night. The, the guys are saying the Die Hard theme song. I wrote to them uh, through Facebook and they were like, yeah, go for it. All right. Uh, which was incredible. Mm. So um, what was the name of that podcast? Uh, I won't say it. <laughs> Actually, okay. no, I won't, I won't okay. say that one. Um, but yeah, it was... Um, it was one of those things where, yeah, I, I was really, really, um, uh, kind of, I was always interested in podcasting. Um, I, I did quite a few of them over the years, but I never really kind of hit that mark until I'd say dash culture really until we like launched dash culture, which is really where I, I, I kind of found my stride and love for podcasting, man. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And I guess, uh, that's sort of where we, um, we met you guys as well, yeah. B- being a part of like you know the, the group we were and everything, and having it like being introduced and all that, and that's where you know you you guys came on our show, we went yeah. on your show, and that's sort of where our friendship blossomed. Yeah, and uh, I know a lot a lot of the listeners here know what um, Dash Culture and you know what na- what is now Dash Gamer. Uh, the Dash Gamer podcast. Game podcast, yeah. But you know, if uh, someone missed missed what, what all that was. Uh, what is it? What is the Dash Gamer Podcast, Dash? The Dash Gamer Podcast is our bi-weekly gaming podcast now. It used to be our pop culture-based podcast. Um, it's basically where myself, Ryan Betson, and Paul James uh, come, sit down, talk about the latest uh, in the world of video gaming um, and uh, for everybody's enjoyment. But it's just like, a, a sh- you know, you come in, you, you listen to it, you have a laugh, you sit down and a shit talk and... Uh, just listen to us banter and we uh, stream it live on Twitch um, and we have uh, audience interaction as well which is great we have you know yourself you pop in from time to time as well Drew mm-hmm. and um, we have a, a few people that jump in and uh, talk to us uh, through the Twitch chat um, and uh, yeah we have it's just a good time it's just a good time <laughs> yeah yeah I really enjoy it I just want to I want to ask about sort of the the going live on Twitch. That is an yep. aspect of uh, this show, but I'm sort of thinking about moving forward whether it'll be a, a thing like just like once a month we're doing a live show um on Twitch. Mm. Um and the thing about running it a little bit different like interaction and stuff. Um but h- how do you go how do you find doing it live um as opposed to just pre-recording it as we're doing like for example this show. Mm. I uh, it's it's one of those things where I remember having that conversation with Buddy early on. Um, that I told him, I said, "Listen, I go. I think at episode ten, I might consider going doing the show live on Twitch." And Buddy was a bit apprehensive, and I can understand that because he really liked the um, intimate setting of the show and how it was just he, uh, he and I talking about. Um, you know, gaming or movies or whatever it was. The the show format definitely changed when we went live. Um, I remember the show being mainly a lot about what we were doing and what we were catching up on in pop culture. It wasn't really the latest in pop culture at the time. Um, The show had kind of taken taken its own after we went live. I think it helped it a lot. I think it really did um, help us evolve and help our presence as well in the way we perform on the show um in terms of like i think that there is more pressure being live than there is a pre-recording um and i really ha- i think it helped uh both buddy and i in the way we interacted with each other and our chemistry um whereas like 
I felt that us being offline, you never, you never go back to your first episode of your podcast is what I always say. I like <laughs> you listen yeah. to that and you go, Whoa, that was terrible. Um, but I felt that my buddy and I's chemistry really did work so well that going live was going to be a no brainer for us. Um, the show, as I said, like took a, took a turn on its own when we went live. It changed the format of the show and it really helped evolve it. I did feel though that at the end of last year, Dash Culture was kind of coming to a, to a, to the end of its run uh, in its current format. And I had discussed it with Buddy uh, that I wanted to kind of change the format of the show going into 2020. Um, and we did discuss the possibility of separating gaming news and uh, pop culture news. Um, and there were many discussions had between us about that as well. Um, you know, there was a decision uh, Buddy made uh, earlier this year to kind of go on hiatus, uh, which he's taken a bit of a break. And um, I'm hoping to see him back uh, sometime during the year and uh, we can uh, rediscuss uh, that idea further. But like the Dash Gamer podcast now, when it kind of spun off from Dash Culture, uh it was something that had been on our minds, both Buddy and I, um, for a while now to kind of uh, separate uh, pop culture from the gaming podcast so that we could essentially dive even deeper into both those topics, both into gaming and movies and music um, because we believe that they both are owed and uh, owed that, that respect that we gave gaming and we felt like we were kind of disrespecting movies and music on dash culture in a way um and we didn't want to do that anymore and we wanted to work hard to make sure that our audience knew that we appreciated both those mediums just as much as each other we respected them Mm. um yeah and we just felt that we were kind of disrespecting movies and music in a way so yeah yeah and like i i quite like those changes that you've made too like uh, just having dedicated shows to each one. I really like having podcasts that are like are really uh, dialed into like one thing and have people yeah. that are you know quite knowledgeable about the one topic. Yeah. So like e- e- even into gaming itself, like I'm I'm a I'm a big gamer, so I love just like hearing like like say have a PlayStation podcast where people are very knowledgeable knowledgeable about PlayStation, what's coming to it, the news yeah. about it, everything about that. Same with Nintendo, Xbox. Yeah. Um, I don't know, even even like iPhone or whatever. Like I like just like really diving into one thing and yeah. uh, same same with music. If I want to hear something about music, you know, just like one podcast where I just dive into it and hear it there. Yeah, I'm with you on mm-hmm. that. Yeah. yeah. Um that's that's essentially why we kind of did that. We separated gaming from movies yeah. and music. Yeah. I mean, especially if like you as the host, you're not when when you get to the the uh, music uh, segment or the movies, you would be like you know, in your head, you're probably like, "All right, now I've got to get through this. We've gotten through the gaming. We've got to talk about uh movies and music." Oh, yeah. look, I never, I never really fretted too much. Um, the movies part, I never fretted. The music part, I did. Mm. Uh, because I don't really get around music a lot these days. I don't really get a chance to listen to a lot of music. Um, I should try to. Uh, but it's just a case that I just don't get that opportunity. Movies, not- your old stuff. Usually. Uh, yeah, yeah. Ma- mainly, I try to kind of like it, when I get the free time, I try to sit down and uh, work on what we have to get through on the website. Last night was the first time in a while that I kind of had a free night, and I sat down and watched a movie. I watched Parasite last night, and I was like, "Cool, I'm getting an opportunity to watch a movie." Mm. Um, but it was just um one of those things where 
those topics were I was weak on and I knew I was and like I was getting called out by Ashley Hobley on Twitter and it's like <laughs> shut up shut up Ash I know that I'm weak on movies and music but yeah uh it, it's it, it, it disappointed me that I couldn't offer that same expertise as Buddy did um but I'm hoping that once Buddy does you know come back uh from his hiatus that we can revisit that idea or not and I know that we're going to um, because uh, he's very buddy is very passionate about movies and music and um, I know that he's also passionate about gaming but um, I'm hoping that this focus that he's on this year for movies and music I'm hoping that we can kind of rekindle that that uh, spirit in him to uh, get back on the podcast train and uh, get it going again yeah well just like that that message he put up on uh, Twitter just the reason why he felt like he wanted a bit of a break was just because he like he wanted to um have video games as his hobby to be able to you know, enjoy them in his own time rather than have yeah. to keep up with all the, the latest stuff yeah and maybe maybe it is important that video games for him maybe even stay as a hobby and um something that he's more passionate about being movies in that that becomes yeah. what he can talk and create content around i don't know I'll, I'll i'll miss i'll miss uh podcasting with him uh on a bi-weekly basis i know that uh with this change that's going to affect it for sure i like buddy and i's chemistry i don't i i hate to say it i just think that it's kind of unmatched a little bit within our circles right now i, I just feel like we really did have something there um but there is also missed opportunity as well because as as I said, like I'm not as invested in movies and music as he was. Um, he definitely has a wealth of knowledge within those uh, within those categories, and I almost felt like I held him hostage in a way, uh, putting him in those situations. So I kind of don't want to do that to him. Um, but I really, 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 really want to help him. Um, push his passions for those because he has a deep 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 passion uh for cinema and i'm hoping that when he does come back that we can actually uh, show that and express that to everybody yeah and i'm looking forward to that i think that'd be great you know, oh yeah but he's obviously an awesome friend of ours so yeah yeah i, I uh, hope that he returns to the podcast scene soon same yeah um so you're starting a new playstation podcast dash yeah um I think it was that that episode you were last on. We used <laughs> you said we're changing this um, PlayStation to operate Operation, Operation PlayStation. PlayStation. Yeah, but um, we didn't. It was a little bit of a joke, haha. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what what what's changed? What's uh, brought Operation PlayStation to come come to our earlobes in twenty twenty? And well, what's the show going to be about? And well, obviously it's about PlayStation, but PlayStation. Yeah, uh, is it going <laughs> to be sort of um, different to? other playstation podcasts out there um you got any ways you want to put your own uh shine on it or we we want to try our best to be different to everybody else i mean like it it's what it's funny I just, we were just talking about this yesterday myself and paul we had a had a creative meeting about it yesterday and um whether whether or not we like it uh it's going to come back into that creative loop of you know it's a playstation show like there is a simple formula to do it. Uh, there is a way to that we, we can fall into that loop of how everybody else does it, but we can also kind of just try and do our best to make sure that we don't uh, make ourselves sound like a carbon copy of Podcast Beyond, um, which we're going to do our best to not do. Um, mm-hmm. the, essentially, I think our Dash Culture format has always worked best. Um, and that's kind of like 
going to be what we strive to aim towards. We don't want a Roper's report. We don't want to run down some useless news of the day that, you know, Patapon 2 was getting an update tomorrow. Big shit. I don't care. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, we're not Platinum Explosion that we're going to cover all the trophies um, of, the, of, the, of a title. I think that's kind of uh, information that I don't think is, you know, going to be that exciting to be honest, like, I, I just don't think that... I, we want to cover the news. We want to be, like... We want to cover the PlayStation news. Uh, that's what we're striving towards. I know that right now we're in a bit of a dry spell, and that's okay. We're prepared. Um, but we want to be a source of news to everybody. We want to make sure that when we go live uh, on Wednesday on podcast feeds, that you guys will be listening to us and actually saying, okay... Uh, that's some that's some great information that I just got from that podcast today. Um, that was a lot of fun to listen to as well. Those two interact with each other really well. I know that I'm going to be tuning in in a couple of weeks' time. Yep. So uh, that's the aim of the game. And yeah, there'll be some fu- fun segments added to, to it as well that'll make it different uh, that we're looking to, to basically do, some unique stuff uh, that hasn't been done on other podcasts as well. But we are aiming to be basically a fortnightly... Um, news uh, playstation podcast uh yeah that's basically what the aim of the game is right now yeah cool and are you using the same theme as we used before the dash culture uh no as um as like the theme i used for the skit uh oh sometime or have you made a brand new one or there's a brand new one um i i I was i was thinking about that one Uh, that one was actually the one that i gave you was actually designed for the podcast that myself and pez were going to do uh before um uh, Pez got hired by 2K. Um, so that wasn't that like funny enough that that theme wasn't actually attached to Operation PlayStation because obviously the name only came around when we uh, were on the podcast uh, for on the House of Mario. Um, mm. But uh, did that name just me, come about then? Did it? It did. The name oh, right. came around when we were on the episode. Oh, right. So <laughs> there you go. the 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 original. Story. Yeah, the original name for the podcast was actually uh, named by Pez. It was called the PlayStation Jewelcast, I think it was at one time. I think it even one time was called the the Jewel Shock Jocks or something, or rather. Uh, like Jewel Shock came, Jocks, that's actually pretty cool. We had yeah. like uh, so many names for the podcast. Uh, and I still got the, the designs of it and everything. Um, um, even the layout that we were going to use on Twitch, I still have. Uh, but uh, when Operation PlayStation landed in our laps, I think it was too hard to pass up. And I still even have the fake teaser design that I, I chucked up on Twitter uh, last year that when when we were after sorry the year before oh, when right. we yeah, did yeah. the episode yeah um and I had out like I even had your name on there as well because it was going to be myself Padge you and Dylan a part of the podcast I remember when I posted that and everyone was like oh my god what <laughs> yeah um it got a lot of traction and I remember a lot of people being excited for it and since that day, it kind of had been on my mind. It honestly had been on my mind as well during Dash Culture when we started it. Um, it had been on my mind because I'd spoken to Pez about it after he... Like, he, while he was at 2K, he'd pop in a couple times and say, Hey, you still thinking about the PlayStation podcast? And I'd be like, yeah, I am. <laughs> um, so, it, it's just one of those things where um, we, I was very passionate about doing a PlayStation podcast. And whether or not this works out or not... We'll find out, man. Like, I, I really think that as it stands right now, it could be great or it could be a limited run, and I'm okay with that. It's it's experimental, um, and I'm about that right now. So, 
yeah worst case scenario it could just be a a nice way to like really hardcore um cover the ps5 until it launches later this year exactly yeah Yeah. exactly yeah Yeah. that's really cool but um it, it kind of started off as a bit of like a haha, bit of a joke. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Here's the name. Here's a bit of a tease on Twitter just to troll people or whatever. But you've actually yeah. like, it's been in the back of your head like, yeah, this would be fun. And you've obviously yeah. found Paul who you've uh, worked with on uh, your other podcast. So yeah. Yeah. Well, Paul, Paul has uh, been pushing it since that day. Like the day after we did the podcast, Paul DM me in my inbox on Twitter and is like, hey, um, if you are serious about this, I am too. And I'm like, hold your horses, Paul. <laughs> hold your horses. So yeah, he was he was deadly serious about it since that day, and, he, and there were like nonstop messages from him. He wanted to do it. So yeah, and whenever I've talked to him, he's always been really um, excited about it because he's just like, a real big PlayStation fan. That's where his like heart lies. Yeah, you know, these days. So that's really cool. There's that potential there. Yeah. 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 So yeah, looking forward to hearing it. Um, Thanks, so man. it'll be like the day after this podcast comes out this this uh, Wednesday. It comes out. It'll be it'll be Wednesday morning at six AM, Dylan. So be ready, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you're going you're going right. The number one PlayStation podcast. Uh what is it? Across the Oceanas or something like that? It's, uh, it's, in the Oce- it's in the Oceanas. In the Oceanas, there we go. Yeah. Get ready, Dylan. <laughs> so you you're gonna grab the ball by the horns, that's what you're going for, right? On on well, the look, turf. I'll be honest with you. Like it's it's friendly banter. I love Dylan. I love Platinum. I love and I look. I even love uh, for the players with uh, Ryan Betts and over at the Pop Culture. Mm. So it's like this is not something that we're looking to kind of take the guys down or anything like that. This is just me <laughs> expressing my love for PlayStation as well, and Paul yeah. expressing his love. Um, we when, the idea when it came around, like I really honestly, Operation PlayStation was basically uh, supposed to be a gathering uh, across all um, of our outlets, basically, to kind of come together and talk about PlayStation and our love for it. The, the idea is essentially was actually specials that I wanted to kind of pitch to the boys and say, hey, uh, Platinum, hey, for the players. Um, and, you know, Buddy obviously being a, a PlayStation fanboy at the time, uh, you know, I wanted to kind of say, hey, when PlayStation 5 kind of comes around, we could all get together and do these uh, limited run series called Operation PlayStation and talk about it. But the more I thought about it, I thought these guys probably want to do their own coverage, um, and we kind of and we wanted to, we want to do our own coverage. So I thought I think there's no better time right now than the the present to launch a brand new PlayStation podcast. So yeah, that sounds like yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, man, we're real excited. So if you're ever looking for any guests, I mean, I've got no outlet to, to talk about PlayStation. So <laughs> if you need a guest, Dara, you've already you've uh, we've already discussed it. Yes, and you're definitely up there, my man. Cool, especially if you want someone to talk about the Vita. I'll talk about the Vita. No problem, my man. You're Dara. You're you're up here. You're, I'm tapping my forehead. You're up here. <laughs> yeah. I can just imagine the lead up the PS5 and there's drill on the talk about the Vita. Everyone's like, "What the fuck? Get that kid off! I don't want to hear about that shit." The Vita. The Vita. Oh, the Vita? Well, it's PSV. PS5. PS Vita. Yeah, that's what everyone's excited about. (laughs) Vita 2. I would be excited if there was just like a... A component of the PS5 that was like a a handheld or something. A handheld, like the Switch? Yeah, that'd be cool. Can you imagine if they turn around tomorrow and go, it's like the Switch. (laughs) Oh my God. Mm. People would lose their minds, I think. Yeah, would be cool, but it just yeah. it doesn't make any sense for what they want out of their no. first yeah. parties. So. No, 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 definitely not. Yeah, yeah. So, 
All right. So that's uh, that. This is almost the end of the show, Dash. Yeah. Um, just before we go, let's say, uh, what's what's your uh, off the top of your head? What is your uh, favorite Nintendo franchise? Just to, we, we better talk something Nintendo just before we go, just in case, <laughs> if it, just in case people are like Jesus. There was no Nintendo it's talk. A PlayStation there. show. Um, <laughs> Right now, um, it like honestly, it's always been Super Mario, man. Like I can't, I can't shake Super Mario. The franchise is always. I'm, I'm in. I am as hardcore Super Mario fan as anybody, man. Like I have so much stuff that says Mario on it. I, I it, Super Mario Brothers Three is the best video game of all time. Period. I just still can't get over like when you when you think of nintendo you think of super mario yes uh the legend of zelda is there i just think it still plays second field to the mario franchise that's my belief um super mario and honestly like if you ask me super mario is the is the video game franchise um i know i'm about to launch playstation podcast once again but it is the fact that super mario is everything man it takes inspiration for a lot of video gaming and Everything else, man. It's Super Mario. It's a good choice. It's yeah, a very good choice. It, yeah, man. It, it, it's hard to go past Mario unless you're, like, you're going to Zelda. Or I'd probably, I I sort of um, wane between like uh, Mario, Zelda, and Pokemon, depending on what I'm feeling like at the time. Oh yeah, fair enough. They offer very different things. So if I'm in the yeah. mood for like exploration, it's Zelda. If I'm in the mood yeah. for like just like nice, friendly, happy characters and platforming, and even exploration and um, a lot of uh, Mario games as well. I'm into that. And yeah. Yeah, and don't don't get me wrong. Button. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I I think that Breath of the Wild is still the best game on the Nintendo Switch, bar none. Um, Odyssey, honestly, in my mind plays second fiddle to that. Yeah, um, yeah. But in terms of a franchise and world-renowned icon mascot, whatever, Mario is it in gaming. You think gaming, you think Mario, and that's it. Like. Super Mario is the king. That's mm-hmm. it. It certainly is. And yeah. uh, you won't be able to talk about him on your podcast. You have to talk. No, about, I won't. You have to talk about Ratchet and Clank or something else to fill the gap. <laughs> have fun with that, mate. Clank. You're stuck yeah, with thanks, them man. now. Ratchet and fucking Clank. Great. You made your cool dash. Ah uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. Don't worry. We'll see one day. Maybe uh, the House of Luigi might come around and. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yes, screwed. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I'll have to take you to court. Can't <laughs> use the house off. No, actually, Nintendo will take us both to court. And we'll both yeah, pretty us. much. Yeah. <laughs> I said that. Uh, was it at PAX? I was talking to someone from Nintendo. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, oh, now that you know us, you're probably going to sue us, aren't you? They, yeah. they said, oh, no, no, we won't do that. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we won't do that. Time's a ticking. Time's yeah, a ticking. Time, <laughs> just, like, just like tapping his foot. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Using, Mario, using, huh? Using the name Mario. Can't well, you changed it up enough. You've changed up your logo enough that the, I don't think they'll uh, they'll bother. Yeah, Nintendo Australia won't hurt us. It's Nintendo Japan, but we'll. Uh... Yeah, they're pretty much. Yeah, they're, don't worry. They're, they're already got eyes on you. <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of uh, other Nintendo podcasts they actually have Nintendo in the name, so they'll, they'll well, be on yeah. the, they'll be on the list before us. I hope. That that that's what worried <laughs> me a little bit about Operation PlayStation, but yeah, no, it should be fine. Yeah. <laughs> See, PlayStation. That's your name. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's not it's not stylized like it, so you can't take us to court. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Dash. Uh, I would yeah, I would ask where we can find your stuff, but we yeah we already mainly know it. But just to recap, where can where can everyone go and find your your content on your website and the podcasts? 
So, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Dash Gamers. You can find our content over on DashGamer.com. Um, right now, uh, you can find the, the podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. Give us those cheeky five-star ratings as well as Drew. Um, but it's... it's um, Right now, it's the Dash Gamer podcast um, and Operation PlayStation premieres this Wednesday. Um, so, we're really excited about that. And um, we've got two more podcasts. Oh, we've also got Take My Tone on the website as well, so make sure you guys listen to that. But we've also got one more surprise podcast coming your way uh, this year. And, of course, where Drew is on Some Assembly Required. So, make sure you listen to all those as well. Yeah. When's the next episode of that, uh, Drew, by the way? February. So we're ju- we're gathering a few guests. Uh, well, a few guests. We're gathering together our next slew of hosts, and um, we should have it by late Feb. Excellent. I uh, I enjoy listening to that one. Oh yeah. I wonder why. <laughs> well, not when I'm on it. It's a, a trash <laughs> show when I'm on it. But no, don't lie. <laughs> no, I, I really enjoy it because it's just like catching up with like my friends. Yeah, it's I'm, great. I'm either on it or just listening to it. So it's really cool. Yeah, we have a lot of fun producing that show. It's it's a great way to for everybody to catch up. Yeah, that's excellent. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, if you want to support this show, you can subscribe to the House of Mario on your podcast player of choice. You can set us to auto-download so you never miss an episode and you can leave us a review because uh, reviews help the algorithms as uh, Dash will tell you. He knows all about those algorithms. He's the numbers man, as we all know. Give him the cheeky five-star ratings. Yes. Uh, You can suggest this to your fellow Nintendo nerds in person or via social media. Uh, you can follow myself at iDruby or the show at The House of Mario. And uh, if you'd like to support us that little bit more, uh, check out patreon.com and see all the tiers and perks over there. All right, Dash, thank you very yeah. much. Thank you. It's been a great having you on. When I sort of I was thinking about, oh, who should I get on? Like, oh, Dash. Dash is a good man to get on the podcast, and I'm glad uh, I'm glad you're so, so uh, willing to come on. It's been really good. Thank you, mate. I appreciate it. Excellent. And uh, Nintendo Jukebox this week is a, a resting place by uh, Garrett Wilson. And uh, yeah, it's really a good remix of sort of the resting place theme in a Super Smash Bros. Melee. And it only came out recently. So go out, make sure you go and support him on SoundCloud and uh, YouTube, which he's also got on there. So until next time, the doors to the House of Mario are closed. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.